a lot of Mormons, whether just gay or not, struggle with the notion of how to be in the church, even if they don't subscribe to all the, even if they don't subscribe to the letter of the law. Wondering how you define yourself as, uh, whether or not you feel like you have a definition of yourself as a church member, you know. Do you feel like you're the reformed Jewish version of a Mormon? You know, uh, Okay. Okay. Uh, so the, your first question about being at BYU, um, I think my time at BYU was spent um, was was probably the quietest period for me, um, and that was the period where I was going through. Uh, actually, went through two years of counseling, um, commonly referred to as the reparative therapy. Um, so I didn't really affiliate at all with, um, I think, what is, is deemed as the underground uh, group at BYU. Um, it was something that kind of scared me at the time. I think I was still at the initial stages of coming to terms with it, so to me it was still kind of the danger zone. Um, looking back, I, I think I probably would have found value from uh, the friendships or the associations just from being able to have people to relate to and people to relate to me. So that's probably one regret I had was not being able to um, have people to reach out to and have people reach out to me. Um, your second question of how I would define myself in relation to the church, um, good question. I don't know if I could, I could clearly define that. I think um, a lot of the beliefs that um, I've had about the gospel and that I've been taught in the church, I still retain. Um, I, I still hold fast to those. I think the basic tenets of Christianity, there's no question how I feel about those. Um, I guess some of the more complex doctrines that um, you know might contradict my orientation or might contradict other issues, um, I guess I'm a little more open to, you know, not so much black and white from, from my viewpoint. I think what's brought me peace is to rely on um, what did Christ teach in the four Gospels? What do we learn from the Book of Mormon? We learn about the basic tenets of Christianity and how to um, love others and, and love our neighbors and love God. And I think that's where I feel pretty resolute and clear on. I might uh, be able to give some information on that. Um, this particular pamphlet that we produced and was sold by Deseret Book um, suggests that there is a, a scale from totally heterosexual to totally homosexual and that there are bisexual people in the middle. And that, that was 
produced and approved by, by Desiree Book and sold there for a time. And we know that this was available and um, that it might have been considered in terms of God loveth his children. So there is nothing, I'll come back to your question, but there, let me just finish saying this. There is nothing in any of these statements, these three statements, that alludes to bisexuality. Now, did I miss your question yeah, in some way? I was wondering about hermaphrodite. Um, hermaphrodites, yeah. more specifically, middle gender. Um, physically male and female at the same time. Okay. Um, I would not be an expert on that subject. Maybe someone else is. I, I think uh, my observation is that's um, that's the next stage of complexity beyond homosexuality. And I think the, the church has not really created a definitive stance on the origins and then the future of a homosexual. So I think someone who is um, transgendered or or, or more, I think it's even more vague from the church's standpoint, and I think it's you know ten more curveballs that they've got to juggle uh, with that one. In the early '90s, uh, President Packer instructed stake presidents at regional training that in cases of gender ambiguity, that the family should pray about it, and whether um, assigning priesthood or marriage was a, essentially a choice of the, the family for prayerful consideration. Just a, a few comments. One, uh, I'm uh, I'm extremely proud of my nephews and uh, for the, being here today and uh, uh, how they've expressed themselves and what they've said. Um, second, um, I I think there's uh, there um, there there's we didn't talk about it, but there I think there are people who successfully um, who have uh, same gender attraction who are able to negotiate marriage and make it work. Uh, and, and, uh, I, and, and that's used oftentimes, I think, to show that really everybody can change, and, and, and which I don't think is true. But I, I, I'm aware of at least a few cases where I'm people who have that and have made the marriage work. Whether they will forever, I don't know. I'm sort of waiting for the other shoe to draw. <laughs> Third, um, um, I'm as far as the church, the church position on letting letting same-gender people live out lifestyle which would allow them to have the kind of personal relationships that heterosexuals are able to have. Um, I'm aware of two state presidents who I know made the statement that they, uh, uh, I've heard them say that, that they, they're aware of in, in their stakes there are uh, same-gender people living together and uh, and they're not going to do anything about it. Uh, they don't know, they don't know the details of what, what the relationships are. They say the fact that it's, as long as people are living the gospel and seem to be doing fine and and, uh, and in, in what appears to be a monogamous relationship of some sort, they're not going to take any church action about it. Um, last thing, at, at Sunstone a year ago in August, why there was someone who came out from Washington, D.C., I don't remember his name, uh, but he talked about, he and, the, he and his partner, members, he's a member of the church, I don't know if his partner was or not, but they'd gone to Canada and been married. And when they came back from Canada, they came into a ward that uh, 
actually essentially had a reception for them and welcomed them to them and have been uh, treating them as loving members of the church ever since that time. Now, I, I, that may have changed. He said that, and he said, as far as he knew, his bishop and his stake president were fully aware of it and had nothing, had done nothing about it. And those are just observations. Um, I, I would like to make a uh, response to that before we go to the next question. And and that is uh, with reference, uh, Toby, to the comment about what I would call a mixed orientation marriage and the fact that some of those exist within the church. And um, I believe that as part of these three new statements that the brethren have gone further in trying to... Uh, uh, deal with that in, in a more definitive way. And I actually see uh, five or six uh, elements that uh, people might consider if, if they want to follow church direction on this. And it's in what Elder Oaks says in his uh, 2006 interview, which is on the church website. Uh, Elder Oaks goes on to say this. To me, that means, he's, he quotes President Hinckley, who said people should not be married as a therapeutic step. They should be past that, any behavior that they would be involved in and so on. But then Elder, Elder Oaks says this. To me, that means that we are not going to stand still to put at risk daughters of God who would enter into such marriages under false pretenses or under a cloud unknown to them. Persons who have this kind of challenges that they cannot control could not enter marriage in good faith. On the other hand, persons who have cleansed themselves of any transgression and who have shown their ability to deal with these feelings or inclinations and put them in the background and feel a great attraction for a daughter of God, and therefore desire to enter marriage and have children and enjoy the blessings of eternity, that's a situation when marriage would be appropriate. So uh, I would summarize that this way. It seems to me that the brethren have achieved a good balance here. Those who are bisexual may do okay in marriage and should not be told they cannot marry. It may even be difficult for a young unmarried person with no sexual experience to know just what intensity or level of same gender attraction might be present. Elder Oaks therefore suggests one, disclosure to the intended spouse, two, an ability to control behavior, three, cleansing from any transgression, four, being able to put the feelings in the background and have a great opposite gender attraction, which to me suggests some level of bisexuality. So you can't put the feelings in the background if you're a six on the Kinsey scale, uh, which Clark could probably identify with. <laughs> anyway, and five, a desire for marriage. So it seems to me they're, they're saying if you're going to consider a mixed orientation marriage or the person has some degree of same gender attraction, it ought to be evaluated according to at least five criteria. Next question. Given that, um, I guess it sounds like you're still processing to a certain degree um, where you sort of fit in with the church, um, this, this question might be a little specific, but, but given the importance to most members of the church that they place on the temple, 
uh, and the teachings that go on in the temple. Um, I was curious to know what thoughts or feelings you had specifically related to the temple and how you may or may not participate or fit in with that kind of thing. Um, great question. I think um, I talked earlier a little bit about the questions that I haven't found resolution to or haven't found answers to. And I think the temple and, and what we learn in the temple and what's um, taught in the temple um, is one dynamic that I probably haven't received much direction on. Um, I think uh, with relation to the temple, I think when I first started coming to terms with this, I went overboard and probably went a lot. I, I did go a lot. Um, it got to the point where it got to be very, very frustrating because I think that the, the things and the doctrines you're taught in the temple um, are very contradictory if you don't have any intent to marry the opposite sex and go through eternity. So that's something that I've had to take a step away from um, in order to, uh, I, I guess, have a little distance and have a little more peace and take a step back. Do we have time for one more question, John? Any, any other question? Please. Thanks, Clark. I just want to say that was a that was a gutsy speech, and I certainly salute the courage of that. Uh, I am curious, though. Um, you seem to sort of hold tenets that are somewhat unique to Mormonism, like you mentioned, pre-existence and a, and a celestial kingdom, and some of these things that you seem to believe in that are they're unique to Mormonism, and yet you've disregarded other things. Um, and I'm wondering if you can just briefly describe maybe your, your criteria for what you're holding on to and what you're discarding. I think um, I think it's an, a, a continual learning process. I th you know I think you're right to the extent of um, there, there's things I believe and there's things that I hold to that that contradict or not contradict. Um, I think it's just a lifelong process of of learning and and really what I go by is what I feel like my what what God is is trying to help me understand and trying to help me realize for my life. Um, I think the one thing that I've um, strongly concluded is that every individual's got to figure out their own plan in life and what makes them happy and run with it. And I think that um, that should be done in coordination with one's creator and whether that is with uh, what we consider our Christian God or whether it's someone in another religion, I, I think it's important to always seek um, inspiration from, from one's creator. And so that's just a process that I'm I think I'll go through the rest of my life. Thanks. Ben, your remarks were excellent. Thanks.